This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Sess Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Now, if you want to know the heartbeat behind business innovation, today's guest sings a compelling tune. Zoe Aitken is a customer engagement and innovation specialist who has spent the past couple of decades helping businesses, both big and small, embed customer-centric innovation into their day-to-day. She's the head of consulting at Inventium, where she helps businesses implement innovation practices, and she's a passionate advocate for putting the customer at the heart of the business. Zoe, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I can't wait to pick your brain around customer engagement and innovation and growth mindset, all of those good things. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. So where did your passion for customer engagement and innovation come from? Oh, well, probably actually very early on in my career, I've always been passionate about making sure that the customer's voice is heard. So it's just been a very early passion um, early on in my marketing career, and it led me through kind of market research and into consumer insights roles as well. So I spent a big part of my career kind of being the advocate of the consumer in large corporates and making sure that they always took on board the perspective of the consumer in making any big decisions. So it's always been a passion of mine and certainly moving into the space of innovation, it's even more important, I guess, that we make sure that we start with the consumer or the customer and make sure that we understand the why of what we're doing and what we're trying to solve for. So, yeah, it is a huge passion point of mine. It's interesting. I'm not sure exactly where it stemmed from, but it has always been there. Yeah. So in those early days, were you kind of like the voice howling into the wind? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's interesting. I remember early in my career, we were sitting with an advertising agency, actually, and they were presenting a couple of ideas um, on how to sell. I worked at an automotive company and how to sell one of the cars that we were trying to promote at the time. And I remember, you know, we're all in the room and all of us had different opinions on which idea was the best idea. And often it came down to which idea the advertising agency was able to sell the most compellingly. But I remember I said to my boss at the time, I was very early in my career, and I said, but shouldn't we be thinking about the customer and actually what's most important to them and what they're wanting to hear and learn and understand like isn't that the perspective we should be taking when we're deciding rather than which one they're selling the best to us and I guess that you know I kind of listened to that internal voice and that really that internal voice has kind of guided my career decisions um, in a lot of ways to kind of lead me to more customer focused customer centric type roles so yeah and it is sometimes I feel like There is definitely momentum in that area now, much more so than when I started out in my career. Certainly lots of organisations now realise that in order to be profitable, they need to be customer centric. So yeah, it's catching on. Does it really need to start from that very first moment? Say I've got a great idea for a business, like how do I know I'm actually addressing the customer's problems and, and 
should that really be what I'm focusing on and not like, oh, I've got this great idea for this new doohickey that's going to do amazing things? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really common misconception is that people think that innovation starts with an idea, you know, that serendipitous moment where you just have this spark of creative genius and you come up with this amazing idea. Um, But it doesn't. Innovation does not start with an idea. It actually starts with a customer problem. And it's really about picking the right customer problem, the problem that customers are really looking for and searching for some sort of solution. So we always say to our clients, when you want to be innovative, look at what problems your customers have that don't have adequate solutions, because that's where there's an opportunity to innovate. So, you know, rather than just jumping straight into coming up with fabulous ideas, really think about what you're trying to solve for your customers. So how do we kind of validate validate that? How do we make sure that the customer is at the heart of that idea? Yeah, so obviously there's lots of ways. You you really just, I, I honestly think there's no replacement for going and speaking to your customers. So we say from the very outset, go out, have these conversations with your customers, make sure that you're really empathising with them and understanding what's going on in their world, what's most important to them in the context of what you offer, um, what are their current frustrations, what might be some of the barriers that are standing in the way of them being able to access perhaps some of the current offers that are out there. So it's really about understanding their current frustrations and ultimately laddering it back to their current needs, really, of what what are their needs, what are their motivations, what are they trying to solve by engaging with your organisation or your business and using your products and services. And that's where the real nuggets sit. So I don't think there's any avoiding the fact that you really have to go and have customer conversations. Data can get you only so far and it can perhaps help guide you to the opportunity space, but really you get your rich insights for innovation when it comes to those customer conversations. Mm. What if we've gone out and we've spoken to our customers but it's kind of not really meshing with the idea that we had. Um. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a common conundrum really is if you go in really passionate about your idea and I think we can almost get into these kind of conversations where we're almost trying to convince our customers of our amazing idea perhaps because we're attached to it or we see value in it. But really, you need to be prepared when you're going into your customer conversations to detach from your idea and almost be willing and open to killing your ideas if you if it's not creating value for your customers or if it's not solving a relevant problem for them. So I think, you know, we always say don't get too attached to your ideas, get attached to the problem and get passionate and empathetic about the problem that you're trying to solve as opposed to how you solve it because that may change and evolve as you learn more about your customers and what works for them. So, yeah, you really, you can't go in kind of idea first. You need to go in with a curiosity first mindset, if you like, and really be open to learning and understanding and hearing things in their words. So, yeah, I think it is really tough because sometimes we think we know the answer and we think we can know what's important to them and we also get really passionate about the solution. Um, But, yeah, it is a real skill to actually detach yourself from that and just be very open to learning from your customers. So how can we then cultivate more of that that curiosity mindset so that we aren't going in with this preconceived notion that our idea and our solution is the one that's the best, even when the customers we're talking to are going, actually, no. 
Yeah, and I truly believe this comes down to building customer empathy from the outset rather than having your ideas already sorted. So I I think sometimes we go into customer engagement too late in the process. We go into speaking with our customers when we already have an idea or solution in mind. We should be going and chatting with them much earlier. And if we are going and chatting with them much earlier without solutions already in our head, then we're much more open to learning and understanding what's important to them. I think the moment we have ideas and solutions, we almost try to guide them in that direction and lead them in that that direction and to validate our ideas. Um, So, yes, I think it's where you engage with your customers and it needs to be very, very early in the process before you're even thinking about potential solutions. Um, And I do think then that learning mindset is really, um, and look, this is hard. When we're experts in our field, often we already do have preconceived ideas. So it really is kind of training our mind to let that go, which is hard. And I think also a lot of us are successful in our jobs because we're solutions oriented, whereas in the instance of innovation, we actually have to go against that and really not be solutions oriented and actually just ruminate in the problem and really try and understand the problem, which is a space of discomfort for a lot of us. Like our minds, our brains don't like the ambiguity when we don't have a solution or an answer in mind. So it tries to rush to the solution. So we really are fighting against our brain, I guess, and the physiology of our brain um, by sitting in this space of not knowing the answer. So it certainly is, it takes practice. Um, But I do think, as I say, engaging with customers early before we've even got to talking about solutions and ideas is really critical or important um, to, to part of that process. What kind of questions should we be asking? Well, really, it's about understanding just what's important to them. What are they what are, what are their, what's most important to them? What are they trying to accomplish by dealing with our organisation? And I guess um, we also say, you know, frustrations are the seed capital of innovation. If someone's got a frustration, it suggests that there's an unmet need and an unmet need that's important enough to cause frustration. So frustrations are often a good way in. So really understanding what's important to them and what are their current frustrations? What are some of the things that aren't working for, at the mo- for them at the moment? And then I guess the really important question once you do come up against a frustration is understanding why that's a frustration. Um, because the why is where the real insight sits, I guess. It helps you understand what is not being solved for them and therefore what their need is. So I think it's the laddering of the why to get behind the frustration and get to truly, you know, as I say, what what is their underlying need? That's ultimately what we want to try and get to. Yeah, and there always is a why. <laughs> so yeah, you've just got to be patient enough to kind of get that nugget. <laughs> Absolutely, and also try and put our assumptions around what that why is aside, which can be really hard. Mm. So what is innovation or kind of better yet, what's not innovation? Yeah, well, innovation, at Inventium actually we have a really simple definition for innovation, which is change that adds value. Um, And the reason we love that definition is A, because it's simple, B, because it's about adding value. It's not just change for change's sake. It's not just coming up with these weird and wacky new inventions if they're not creating any value at all for a customer group. So the adding value component is really, really important. Sorry. Um, the other thing is that it's not tech specific because I think there's a there can be a perception out there that innovation 
is just about tech, technology and technology-based solutions, but it doesn't have to be. Technology is often a big part of innovation and a big enabler of innovation, but it doesn't have to be about innovation. And then also, when you say change that adds value, it relates to every single person in every single role. And when we're working with organisations and we're trying to kind of drive an innovation mindset across the entire organisation, you want everyone to feel like they can be a part of it. So I think that kind of really relatable um, definition is important. Um, what is it not? It's not just about coming up with weird and wacky things that aren't creating value. So this is why it's really important that you understand what value actually means for your customer because it's critical to delivering innovation um, rather than just, I guess, a weird and wacky invention. Yeah, so it always still comes back to that customer, bringing that customer in from the very beginning of the process so that you Correct, understand what, what they want. Exactly, because to create value, if our definition is change that adds value, to create value, you need to know what is valuable to your customer. So, yeah, it, it really does always let it back to understanding them and what's important to them. Hmm. And um, I liked how you said um, as well uh, involving the team because collaboration is also kind of it has a role to play in, in innovation. Absolutely, and there's been a heap of research around the positive impact of diversity on creativity and innovation and making sure that you've got diverse minds and diverse people involved in innovation really significantly increases the, the creativity of the solutions that you come up with. So you absolutely want people from all different areas and all different experiences involved in that innovation process. It really is, you know, critically important to the outcomes. So I'm a small business owner. I've got like 9 million hats that I'm wearing. I'm juggling lots every single day. So what if I don't have time to innovate? Yeah, and look, that's it is actually the biggest barrier to innovation and something that we hear the most often amongst our clients is saying that they just don't have time to innovate. Um so, well, I, I also think it's a case of coming down to priorities and really I know that business as usual is really important, but obviously if you want to drive longer-term growth, innovation is really important to that. And I like also reframe it to say, okay, innovation, yes, there's big, more disruptive type innovation opportunities and that's really important to step change your growth. But there's incremental innovation as well, which is stuff that we're probably doing day in, day out. And the most important, you know, that's kind of, incremental improvements to existing products and services, um, you know, or continuous improvement, if you like. But the key to that is always keeping a finger on your on the pulse in terms of what's important to your customers, because you can't maintain relevancy to your customers if you don't know what they want and need. So I think even for business as usual, it's still really important to just make sure that you are continually checking in with your customers just as a standard way of operating to make sure that you know what's important to them. So I would say if you prioritise nothing else, you prioritise those customer conversations to make sure that you're continuing to know what's most important to them, what are the challenges that they're facing. And these conversations need to happen outside of the day-to-day -day transactional type of conversations that you're probably having with your customers. So, you know, often we will work with clients and, you know, just talking about specific projects. If we want to have a kind of innovation-related innovation, innovation conversation with them, we'll make sure that that's a separate conversation and kind of really frame it that way to say, look, I just want to take a step back from the day-to-day -to, -day to just understand what's going on in your world and understand, you know, what are some of the challenges you're facing and also talk about how we might be able to support you in that. So I think that's really critical to running any successful business. 
But um, is there kind of something to be said for making innovation sort of part of your business day to day? So it is something that's not really separate to the business because like you were saying, innovation isn't those creative sparks of genius. It's it's more, you know, focusing on the customers and the collective behaviours of your team. So how can we make that innovation part of our our day to day? Yeah, I think, well, I keep banging on about customer engagement, but I do think, yeah, having those conversations should be part of your day-to-day, but also making sure that you've just got some really quick customer feedback loops in place as well, okay, so that you make sure that you've got the mechanisms in place for your customers to be giving you feedback constantly on what's working and what's not working, and that you've got ways to kind of process that feedback and feed it back into what you're doing. So I think having those quick and effective customer feedback loops is really critically important to making sure that, you know, as I say, you're continuing to deliver to their needs and expectations. Um, I do also think it's a bit of a mindset shift and a way of working. And some of the the organisations we've seen do innovation really well, they really have a culture and behaviours and values that support innovation. Um, you know, so they are less risk averse and they really encourage their, you know, their team members to experiment with different ideas. They are out experimenting and getting feedback from customers and continually learning. I think having that learning mindset, learning from the customers, what's working, what's not, being able to then make those changes based on what they learn and get it back out there. Um, I think also, you know, not having such a perfectionist mindset, in order to experiment, you sometimes need to go out with something that might not be the perfect solution the first time, but then you're open to learning and seeing what's working and what's not in order to make it better. Um, But often there's this huge discomfort with going out with something as a first attempt that might not be perfect. Um, But I do think that people, you know, organisations that are really innovative are open to just getting something out there and learning. So I do think that learning mindset and some a lot of those cultural aspects are really critically important to making innovation, I guess, more habitual across an organisation. What about if um, you're working in a business and you do have that innovative mindset, but perhaps the business leader is more conservative and wants to just do things by the book? How can you kind of help them get into an innovation mindset? Yeah, and look, this is where it is quite tough because I've never seen an innovation program succeed where it doesn't have the advocacy and support of leaders. So leaders, absolutely, and so they need to be on board. And often a first step that we will um, take when we're working with a new client is to align and educate the leadership group because that is critically important. Because often if leaders don't see it as important, their teams then won't focus their energies and efforts on it. And so therefore it really does have a snowball effect. Um, so the most important group to align and get on board are your leaders. And I guess it really is about educating them, but ultimately the leaders need to see the importance in focusing on innovation, um, before a program can really gain traction across the broader organization. Um, yeah. And I think we often use that through education, uh, is our first first step and really getting, I guess, creating, for lack of a better expression, a burning platform and really getting a hunger in the leadership team to to realise that actually innovation is really important to our organisation or we will be left behind. And I guess one of the questions to ask, you know, to, to help kind of fuel that conversation is, well, what will happen if we don't innovate? Um, you know, what's the 
what's the the downside what's if we don't innovate and we don't focus on innovation what what can we lose and what's the downside of that and really have that conversation um and we've often found this a big turning point do you think um COVID there was so much disruption through COVID that that has actually been helpful for innovation because businesses are much more willing to innovate it definitely has. So I think just because there was such a significant amount of change over such a short period of time that businesses had no choice but to change and evolve and, you know, change the way they did things and change the way they delivered their products and services and actually change their products and services in order to evolve with the, you know, their customers changing and evolving needs. So they had no choice but to innovate um, and I think what we're seeing is that a lot of our clients have been really surprised by what they were able to achieve during that time. They were, they were, they were, you know, I guess it helped build their innovation confidence, if you like, to say, well, look, look what we managed to achieve when we were forced to. I guess the trick now is to make sure now that we're kind of out the other side largely is that we don't just revert back to our old ways of working. And that is what I think a lot of organisations or our clients are trying to do is how can we harness a lot of those behaviours and ways of working that we're almost forced into during the you know, a couple of years of COVID, how can we make sure that we, we, we can hold on to that and really embed that now into our ways of operating now so that we don't lose that? And I think, yeah, in some instances I have seen clients just go back and revert back to their ways of working previously prior to COVID. Um, others are really working hard to try and say, right, well, what worked and really do a bit of a kind of an assessment and a review of saying, well, what changed, what enabled us to do that and how can we actually more formally embed that into our ways of working now? Mm. And obviously remote work was one of those things that came out of COVID. How do you think um, when we're talking about uh, innovation mindset and innovation in the day-to-day, how can businesses make sure that the people that are um, in their team that are not necessarily uh, working with them physically day-to-day, that they are still on the same page with um, the innovation strategy? Yeah, so I think being really intentional with your communications is obviously even more important now with kind of hybrid ways of working, some people in the office, some people at home. And I think you do need to be much more intentional and deliberate in your communications and to make sure that everyone's in sync and everyone's on the same page. And I think, you know, making sure that you're very clear in your communications is important. And I think also then... Um, you know, you really do need, if you want to run like kind of virtual ideation sessions, they can be done. And in fact, research has shown that they can be just as effective as in-person ideation sessions, but you just need to be very planned in how you do them and make sure that you're, you know, effectively collaborating and using the right tools to do that and engaging people. But you can run really effective virtual ideation sessions as well. Um, And I think since COVID, there have been some great platforms like Miro and Mural that have launched that um, help, I guess, with, you know, virtual ideation sessions. So there are more tools available now. Um, you do have to be much more planned and much more intentional about engaging the team. But, yeah, it, it absolutely is possible. Hmm. So Inventium does the, the data collection for AFR's most innovative company list. Are there any kind of trends that you have seen emerging around innovation? Like if you look at the top companies, are there things that everyone kind of has in common or ways that they do things? 
Yeah, I think the ones that we've seen that are really successful is that innovation is habitual, innovation is cultural, innovation is embedded, innovation is supported by all of the leaders. We know that these things are, you know, it, it's these things are really critical to success, um, that it can't just kind of be this bolt-on afterthought. It really does have to be ingrained in your way of working. So a lot of really successful innovative organisations, their values, their behaviours, they all support innovation and an innovation-led way of working. Um, you know, they, they, they invest in building capabilities around innovation. They have innovation strategy and they don't just, I think, a lot of time innovation strategy is something that's not really thought about. They, you know, organisations think about their organisational strategy but then are less intentional about their innovation strategy, um, whereas really innovative organisations clearly outline where they want to direct their innovation resources. Um, and they have ways of working when it comes to innovation. They have embedded processes and, and governance around that as well because when you do scale up to a certain size, you do need process around it. You know, um, I think if you're a startup, you can get away with not perhaps having those really well-ingrained processes, but once you reach a certain size, you have to be more methodic with innovation in order for it to be more sustainable um, longer term. So, you know, a lot of organisations just spend time investing in that. And I think also just they know that innovation is not just a fad. It's something that, you know, you can't just focus on one quarter and expect immediate results around. It really is something that is a journey that requires ongoing um, commitment and investment around and sometimes takes time to see returns. So I think it does require patience as well. So it, say I'm one of our listeners, I'm a, a micro business owner, I'm wanting to make innovation part of my day-to-day, -day, how I do business, I want to grow from from that place of innovation, what's the first step I should be taking? Is it that customer thing again? <laughs> I just, I was like, I hate to go back to it. Um, it is, it is. I will go back to it. It's just getting out and speaking to your customers. It's getting out of the building. You can't decide what's going to be your next big innovation from behind your desk. So get out, speak to your customers, get out of the building, understand what is important to them, what are their motivations, what are their needs, what are their frustrations, and use that as your start point to identify where there might be some potential solutions. Hmm. So say they come back to you with a few ideas, you can always run with them all, can't you? Like you can test and learn? Test and learn and experimenting. So we kind of always say there's two really important customer checking points in any innovation process. The first one is understanding what you're trying to solve for, which is kind of, as I talked about earlier, identifying what the customer problem is you're trying to solve. And then once you have a solution, it's going back out and experimenting on that solution to make sure that it is actually creating value for your customer in the way that you had intended it to. Um, you know, I think a lot of the time our first ideas are always wrong um, and we can get too excited about our ideas and just jump straight into implementation and often that can be a very costly mistake. So it's really about making sure that you're going in, checking in with your customers, running really lean, really quick experiments to make sure that it is working in the way that you intended and actually creating the value that you want it to create before you then scale it up and put, you know, significant investment behind it. <laughs> yeah, just uh, don't blindly run with your idea that maybe it's not the great idea you think it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We can get a bit carried away with our own ideas, which I understand. We get very passionate about them, but, you know, that's led to a lot of big failures, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and should we always be looking at our at our data? Like, is that where we should make our decisions? Well, data is important, and I think data. I'm, I, you know, I'm a bit a big advocate of making sure that we have data to understand what is happening. I think that's what data can tell us. You know, what are the trends? What's going up? What's going down? Um, I, I think where some organisations make mistakes is that they then base their innovation decisions on the what without understanding the why behind the data. Why is it going up? Why is it going down? Why is that category growing? Why is that one declining? And I think the why is where the really meaningful insights are when it comes to innovation. And really, data is not very good at giving us the why. We can make some predictions about it, but ultimately we won't know. And this is where I think it comes back to having those customer conversations. You really, you can't understand the why behind your data without speaking to your customers. Yeah. Forget about keeping your enemies close. Keep your customers close. (laughs) Yeah. Keep your customers close. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Zoe. It's been absolute pleasure chatting to you today and getting all of your insights on innovation and customer engagement. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be chatting to you again sometime soon because you're full of great insights. Yeah, thank you. I've loved it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye.